kids, it's wide open. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's wide open all day long, sometimes all night long. We had that last night. All night, all day, all night, it's nothing but fun, good times. And um, we had our, we have a, a situation at our house, and I, I think most of our kids have gone through it when they're about this age, but our three-year-old, he really loves getting in the bathtub, right? I mean, you mentioned the word bath to him, and before you can blink, he's out in the, in the, he's in the bathroom, he's got all of his clothes off, he's climbing in the bathtub, he knows how to turn the handles, he's got everything, he's, he's ready to go. And there's a reason for that, it's because it's playtime, right? He's got, he's got his toys in there. My bathroom is covered in, you know, I've got, I've got the army, I've got the navy in there, I mean, everything's in the bathtub, and it's just, it's just playtime for him until the soap comes out. He loves the bath, but he doesn't like getting washed. He thinks he's being waterboarded. I mean, it's, this is serious now. I mean, you should see the fuss I get when I got to wash that kid's hair. And, and there's only one way to do it. I, some, some people said, oh, it's real gentle. You just lay them back. And there, there's no gentle anything with my kids. I just, I just hold him down and I take a bucket and I pour it on his head. He's sputtering. He, he's screaming. He hates it. But that's just how it is in my house. Um, but I tried to explain to him, I said, look, the point of the bath is to get you clean. It's not just so you can sit. As fun as it is, the point of the bath is to get you clean. Sitting in the water isn't good enough. You got to use the soap. He doesn't get that, but you got to use the soap. And I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, faith is a lot like soap. It doesn't work unless you use it. You could use that for a lot of things. Faith is like deodorant, amen? Um, whatever it might be, it's like toothpaste. It's, but you got you to use it. You've got to use it. Faith. So here's what, here's what faith is. Faith goes out and takes hold. We were singing, all your promises are, are yes and amen. Why don't I see the promises? Because your faith is what goes out and takes hold of it. Your faith is the action of taking hold of whatever it is that God's spoken to you, the promise. Taking hold of the promise and refusing to let go. See, if somebody says they got faith, but they don't do anything with it, they don't really have faith because faith does something. If you think you got faith, but it doesn't do anything, it's just a philosophy. It's just a good idea. It's just a, a system of beliefs, but it doesn't really do anything for you. But faith goes out and takes hold of the promises. And so here's what I, I, I've been feeling from the Lord, that it's time for us to come up higher. Amen. It's time for us as a, as a church to, to get to a place where we're taking hold of the promises of God. Amen. And I, I've, I've really been impressed that this is a, a season where we're looking for the um, abundant life, where we're believing for what, that we can walk in the abundant life, all that God has for his people. Amen. That's what I want. And if you want that too, come with me, okay? Um, but here's what, I, here's what I feel like. We need to, we need to get to where we, if, if, if faith is believing God for the promises, we need to get to where we're, we're dreaming some big things. We need to get to a place where we're dreaming bigger than we have, where we're believing for bigger than we have. Because a lot of, a lot of um, the, our problems sometimes is we limit ourselves by our own abilities. So if God speaks a, something to you, you think, no, 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 I can't do that. That's too big for me. And so we, we adjust the dream, the vision to something that we can do. Well, here's how much money I have in the bank, so let me dream that big. You know, or here's what I'm able to do with my skills, so let me dream that big. No, God wants to get us to a place where we're dreaming, how big can he do in our lives? Does that make sense? I want you, can you throw that slide up there, Ephesians 3.20? I'm gonna go to James 5 in a second. But Ephesians 3.20, I want, to see, want you to see this in the Amplified Bible for a second. I know it's, it's wordy. Hang with me. It says, now to him who by the power, I skipped a little bit there, who by the power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose. And listen to this. And to do super abundantly. Say that with me. Super abundantly. See, Jesus said, I've come that you could have life and have it more abundant. That's the same word. It's that super abundant. That's the kind of life that God expects us to have, that he wants us to have. 
And he says it's, he's able to do super abundantly far above, far over and above all that we dare to ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. And that, that verse has really challenged me over the last few years because it says he's able to do not just a little bit above, super abundantly above anything that you can dare to ask. That's kind of a challenging word. What can you dare to ask God? What can you dare, let's put it this way, what can you dare to believe God for? And he mentions your prayers, your hopes, your dreams, all this stuff in here. And I, that, really, that really spoke to me and I, I feel like we need to get to a place where we're dreaming not about what we can do, but about what he can do through us. Open your tent stakes, yeah? Expand your tent stakes. See, I believe the Lord wants to use us in these last days in ways that more bigger than you've ever been than dreaming, bigger than you've ever been praying for. Because here's the thing, your, your dreams are connected to your prayers because whatever God puts inside you as a dream, it only comes to pass when you begin to talk to him about it through prayer. You bring things to pass through prayer. I'm gonna talk about this in a minute. See, there's, there's an anointing here in this place. There's an anointing here to break some things. The anointing breaks the yoke, amen? And some of us have some yokes in our lives. We've got some things in our lives that are keeping us from, from dreaming. Maybe it's an inferiority complex. We think, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. Maybe it's fear. We've got that fear holding us back. Maybe it's some other issues in our lives and things in our lives. We've, there's an anointing here to break those things. If you've got something in your life, you, you use that anointing and say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going forward and taking hold of all that God has for me. Amen? But I, I've, I believe that God... See, he's got a destiny and a plan for you. He's got a purpose and a plan for each one of us. Do you believe that? He's got a plan for your life, and it's bigger than anything you've begun to dream about. This is really what I feel the Lord's saying. It's bigger. He's got something bigger in store for you than anything you've begun to dream about, but you're gonna have to use something just like that soap only works when you use it. You're gonna have to use something to take hold of the promises of God. You're gonna have to use something to take hold of the dreams that God's putting in your spirit. It's called faith. You're gonna have to use it to achieve what it is that God's put in your heart, the purposes and the plans he's put inside you. And in James chapter five, look there with me. He says, and I'm gonna start at verse, let's, let's go to verse 13. He says, if anybody is suffering, he should pray. We'll talk about that in a minute. Is anybody cheerful? Let him sing some praises. We did that today. Is anybody sick? He should call for the elders of the church and they should pray over him and after anointing him with olive oil in the name of the Lord Jesus, the prayer of faith, there's a new sentence here, the prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will restore him to health. If he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins once another, pray for one another so you may be healed. The urgent request of a righteous person is powerful in its effect. And listen to this now, let me finish. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours Yet he prayed earnestly, it would not rain, and for three years and six months, it didn't rain. And then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced his fruit, its fruit. I want you to catch this, because I feel, I feel like the Lord has been speaking this to me, the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. What does the prayer of faith look like? Because I, this, is, this is, I believe, so key, and it's one of the most important tools that God's given the church. The prayer of faith, it's one of the most important tools. You've been given some tools, and this is one of the most important tools, the prayer of faith. This, let me, let me set this up for you. I can't oversell it. It has the potential to change lives, your life, the lives of people around you. It has the potential to literally impact the world for generations to come. I'm gonna show you this this morning. So look at, look at this with me for a second, because I wanna talk about verse 15 a lot, but let me start with verse 14. He says, is anybody sick? Actually, verse 13, is anybody suffering? What does he say you should do? You should do what? You should pray. And how do a lot of us, a lot of the church world read that? Oh, if you're suffering, why don't you go ahead and pray? Because maybe one day things will get better for you. 
Why don't you go, are you going through a tough time? Why don't you go ahead and pray and God will make you feel better? That's, but then he's talking about the prayer of faith. He's not talking about just, just praying, oh, oh God, you know, I'm suffering and it's, it's okay because just a few more weary days and then I'm going to fly away. He's talking here about a prayer of faith. Are you suffering? You're going through something. Start using some authority that you've been given and pray in the name of Jesus. Start rebuking the thing. Oh, maybe God wants you to suffer. Well, if you're still wrestling with what God, God wants to, to put that on you, then you can't, you can't pray in faith. Because faith only faith begins where the will of God is known, amen? And if you know it's not, God, it's not God's will for you to be suffering, then you know you can pray in faith. Lord, I thank you. You've not given me. You, well, what about Jesus? Didn't he tell us that there'd be persecution? That's not the same as suffering. Now, you might be going through persecution, but even that, I don't believe God wants you to be going after persecution, after persecution, after persecution. You can pray and rebuke some stuff. Just because the devil's coming at you doesn't mean he's got to keep coming at you all the time. You can't rebuke him. Start using some authority in the name of Jesus. So listen to this. Is anybody sick? What does he tell you to do? If you're sick, you should call some of the elders in the church and pray over him, anoint him with oil, and do something else for him. Pray the prayer of faith. Pray the prayer of faith. See, some people are confused about this thing called faith. And they think if they're sick, oh, I can't, I gotta, you, I gotta be careful. I don't wanna you know, name it and claim it, and now I'm, now I'm sick. You, faith isn't a denial of what you're going through. Faith is denying the fact that that thing has a hold on you. Faith is looking at getting your eyes on Jesus and not on the thing, okay? So what are you supposed to do according to the word of God? Come and say, hey, pray for me. I'm, I'm dealing with this thing. I think that I thank God he's already taken care of, but the word says you need, to, you need to let somebody pray for you. I think there's some people who've been sick too long because they're not doing what the word says. The word says pray, pray for each other. Why does it say pray for each other? Because you're a body, and you're not meant to function by yourself. If I cut off my finger and leave it there, that poor little finger's got no life in him because he's not connected. You gotta be part of a body to really function the way you were designed. So pray for each other so that you can get healed because some people aren't doing what the word says. See, I didn't set this up, God did. See, it's, this isn't about, uh, let, me, let me go on here, but the prayer of faith the prayer of faith is, is using what God's given you, okay? So let's say it this way. If I go to the grocery store and I've got, let's say someone gave me some money. I got a million dollars in the bank and I go to the grocery store. And man, I load up that grocery cart with everything I want, all the goodies I want. I got the, I got the sweets. I got all this stuff I want. And I go to the checkout line and the guy's checking me out. And he says, man, you, got, you owe $500 here. And I said, no problem. I've got... And I whispered to him, I got a million dollars in the bank. Okay, good, you owe $500. Don't worry, I got plenty it's in the bank. No, you don't need it in the bank. You need to hand it in, put it in my hand because you owe $500. But that's how a lot of us act. Well, it's okay, God's taking care of it. God's taking, but you're not using what you've been given. How do you access it? You go after it by faith. So you take your faith and you withdraw from your account and you say, Lord, I thank you that you've done this. I thank you that you made a way. I thank you that you provide it. And now, I, Lord, I thank you that I have it right now in the name of Jesus. So you've got to use that prayer of faith and go after it. Because it's not just good enough to say, man, it's in the bank. Don't worry, God's taking care. No, now you've got to go take it. I'm going to talk about this. It's going to make sense to you. But I, I, I was thinking about this. I preached last time a couple, whatever that was, a few weeks ago, about the blessing and I was, I was speaking about Isaac, right? And so Isaac and, and the blessing, and I talked about how the blessing worked for him. And it said, in a year of famine, he sowed and he received a hundredfold back in return. And I was, I was thinking about Isaac and I started thinking, you know, Isaac, he had the blessing on his life, didn't he? Abraham had the blessing and Isaac had the blessing. I started thinking about these two guys, Abraham and Isaac. Now, Abraham... God came and spoke that blessing to him. Isaac had the same thing. God came and confirmed the blessing again to him. They had the same blessing. Would you agree with that? I'm not lying. You can look it up. It's in Genesis somewhere. They had the same blessing on their lives. 
Abraham lived to be a hundred and you look it up, a hundred and change, hundred and almost what it was 75 years old, I think it was, 175 he lives to. And he is alive, and somebody say he is alive and kicking. Okay? Because Sarah died when she was, I think, 130-something years old. And, and that means Abraham was older than her. And after Sarah died, he took some extra wives. And he started having more kids. He wasn't just alive. There's one thing to be alive. It's another thing to be alive and kicking. Right? Abraham was alive and kicking. But now look at Isaac. Look at Isaac. How... At some point in his life, and we, I don't know the, the year, how old he was, but at some point in his life, he went blind, right? He's not just a little bit blind because when his sons come for the blessing, the, the mom, Rebecca, right, she says to him, she says, you need, to Jacob, she says, you need to get in there and get that blessing because he's going to give it to your brother. So she disguises him and puts goat skin on his arm. This guy was so blind, he couldn't tell somebody came up wrapped with Goat skin around their arms. He's feeling it. Okay, I guess that feels like Esau. That must have been an ugly kid. <laughs> His arms are like goat skin, right? Well, he couldn't tell. But I, I thought about this. I thought, why, why didn't the blessing work for Isaac's body? Was it the same blessing? It was the same blessing. Isaac used it for his provision, but it didn't work for his body, why not? And I, I got to thinking about this, I thought there's a big difference between these two men, right? Abraham, he, he knew what God was up to. Isaac had no clue. In fact, his wife was the one that found out about these two boys and where the blessing was gonna be given and all this difference. Isaac had no clue. He was not connected to God like he should have been. But here's what I, I think this is kind of the key about why did this work for Abraham, for his body, and it didn't work for Isaac. I want you to look at Romans chapter four. Romans four, verse 19. I think they got that up on the screen. It says, and being not weak in faith, and this is talking about Abraham, he wasn't weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was 100 years old, most people consider their body at 100 years old dead, okay? Neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. And it, look at what it says. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And this is the key. He was being, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So get this. Abraham had a promise. He had the blessing, and he didn't consider his own body. He considered the one who made the promise. God is able to do what he said he would do. So here's the difference. You've got Isaac, and the blessing works for him as far as his provision, but it doesn't work for him as far as his body. And here's, here's my point. Here's what I'm getting at is a lot of us take the promises of God, and we take it for salvation, we take the promises, we talk a lot about healing in here because we want you to know that's the will of God. So we take, maybe we take a promise for healing and we're holding on to that. But we don't, we're not taking all of the promises. It'll only work for whatever your faith will allow you to go out and take hold of. The promises of God will only work when your faith goes out and takes hold of it. So Abraham was fully persuaded that this promise was good for his body. It was good for his life. It was good for, his, it was good for every part of his life. Isaac was fully convinced it was good for his provision, but he missed out because I don't believe Isaac had to be blind. He could have had the blessing working for him just like it worked for Abraham, just like it worked for Moses. At 120 years old, his body didn't wear out. His eyes were still strong. He climbed to the top of a mountain. It's, it would have worked just like it worked for, for Caleb who went and fought giants at 85 years old. It would have worked for him the same way it worked for those guys, but he wasn't fully convinced that it was for him. It's all the promises, what did we sing, are what? Yes and amen. But you gotta go out and take hold of it. You gotta be fully convinced. See, God's made provision for you, but you gotta you take hold of it by faith. I might have made a mistake yesterday. I, I put on a TV show, and I walked out of the room because I don't like to sit down for too long. 
And I walked out of the room, and I came back later, and all my kids were huddled around watching this. And I thought, oh, man, they're, they're watching a Bigfoot documentary. And, and, and um, I thought, I, I thought oh, oh, boy. I said, now, guys, I want you to know something. Just because you're seeing this on TV does not necessarily mean Bigfoot's real. I'm not trying to tell you he's not, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that may not be true. They shouted me down. Yes, it is. No, we saw it. We believe it. Listen, <laughs> I'll deal with that later. I don't, I don't even know where to go about what to do about that. Um, anyway, whatever you hear the most, whatever you, you're hearing, you'll believe. You know, you're hearing this promise is for you. You're hearing you can take hold of this by faith. You're hearing, you can believe it, and you go home and you say, you know what, yeah, I, I, I want to take hold of that, and somebody comes along and says, no, 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 that's not right. Now you've got a decision to make. You can believe what you've been hearing over here or believe what you've been hearing over here. You've got to become fully persuaded. My kids are fully persuaded. Bigfoot's for real. What happened? They heard something, and, it, and faith came. They got faith. It may not be true, but they got faith. Again, I don't want to say it's, I don't know. I'm not making that judgment call this morning, but here's, here's the point. You got to take hold of something by faith and believe it. Faith comes by hearing. It only, faith will come. Don't tell me I don't have any faith. No, faith will come if you hear it. The more you hear, the more faith, faith will come. But you got to start, you got to start hearing the right things. And so I want to talk about this. Go back again to James chapter 5. I want to talk about this prayer of faith. And see, I think some people are confused when it comes to, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to praying. And this is, this is really talking about praying specifically for something. You know, there's maybe different types of prayer. And we talk about prayer, and it's, it's communion with God. It's fellowship with God, and that's one type of prayer. But this is really like a prayer of of intercession or a, a, a prayer of petition, that kind of thing, where you're asking God for something specifically. And, and here's what I, I really believe. I've been teaching this, well, I had been teaching this recently about confession. And the more I've been thinking about this, I really feel like your prayer of faith is connected to your confession. And those two are very closely tied together because if I say, Ma'am, you know, and again, it's not, it's not denying that there's a problem, okay? Like if you hurt your, some part of your body, it's not saying, no, no, I didn't. You know, my arm's fine. And, and you liar, you can't move it. But what you're saying is, hey, there's, a, there's, some, there's an issue here, but I'm, I'm believing that God is my, is my healer. I'm standing on the fact that he's already made a way. And so now what I do is because I, I, conf- I believed it, I confessed it, I say, Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you have already made a way for my healing. I thank you in the name of Jesus that you purchased my healing at the cross. I thank you. And I get some other people to come around me. Hey, pray with me because the word of God says, pray one for another. Pray the prayer of faith. So I get some other people come around me. I'm not, I'm not blabbing about, oh, this is so bad. And this, you don't understand how much pain I'm in. And oh, this is, and then this week the doctor said this, and then I'm not trying to just like trump up the problem. What I'm trying to do is get some, get some people with faith to agree with me. Amen. So he says this, the prayer of faith will save the sick person. Look at verse 15 again. The, it, let's back up to 14. If somebody's sick, and he says, call for the elders of the church, pray over him. The prayer of faith will save. The, it's, it's interesting that he even has to put this in here, the prayer of faith, because most of us would think if it's a prayer, it's prayed in faith. That's not true. You can pray a prayer out of fear. Lord, I'm so afraid right now. I don't know what to do right now. I just, I think everything's going wrong, Lord, and I, this is terrible, and it's life's, you know, whatever. Amen. And you didn't really, you didn't really pray anything. You just, you just whined a little bit. That's not a prayer of faith. You can pray in doubt. Lord, I don't think there's any way this is ever going to happen. It's a, that's a, I call that a Hail Mary, right? Um, remember, in football, they got the Hail Mary, Play. What, is, what does that mean, right? The quarterback just throws that football. It's the last second of the, of the game, and he just throws it, praying that someone will pick up that football. 
Praying someone will score. I saw the Patriots do this the other day, a Hail Mary play. It was the last second of the game. They were, they were down by a touchdown, I think. And they just start doing this reverse lateral thing all over the field. You guys see this game. And they were just flipping it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it didn't work for them. And I was so happy. It didn't work. I don't care who wins as long as it's not the Patriots. Um, but, you know, that's, you can pray like that, too. That's not a prayer of faith. See, we talk about things like healing a lot in here again because we want you to understand this is God's will and you can pray a prayer of faith, believing God will do something. But you know how a lot of people think about God? They say, well, he's, he's mysterious. The Lord moves in mysterious ways so you can't really know what his will is. You can't really know what he's up to. You can't really know what he's doing. It's mysterious if you're not in the kingdom of God. But if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit in you and the Holy Spirit's revealing all things to you and you know what God's up to and you're in his word so you know what God does so you know exactly what he's about and what his will for you is. That's what he wants you to believe. Amen? So you don't have to pray. Oh, Lord, he's just so, he's so mysterious. Um, now listen, again, this is, this is talking about some faith. And this, just like Pastor Kim said last week, this is not to condemn us but it's to help you come up to where God wants you to be. Amen. Because don't you believe God wants you to come up to a place of faith? It's not to pat you on the back and say, it's okay. You don't ever have to. No, you got, Lord wants you to have some faith built in you. I came to have my faith built. How about you? Come on. So don't worry if you haven't always done everything right, because I know I haven't. Okay? But I'll, I'll, I'm getting better, and you are too. Amen? Because you're here. Okay? Um, so here's, here's what's... Here's what's happening. When you pray a prayer of faith, just like with your confession, you're, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to do something. Your prayer of faith is, and I'm going to talk about this word, this, this action thing, but you're giving the Holy Spirit permission to do something. We use this, this term, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Have you ever heard that expression before? The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. And what do we mean by that? The Holy Spirit does not just come in and force his way into your life and start rearranging stuff and doing things without the, your permission. It would, be, it would be a violation of your will for the Holy Spirit to come in and take control of your mouth and start talking. The devil does that, demon possession. But the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. The Holy Spirit is waiting on you. And we, I, I don't know if you even have time to go into all this, but you, there's, there's so much here. The, when God set up this earth, who did he put in charge of the earth? He put Adam in the garden, didn't he? And said, you rule the earth, you subdue the earth, you have dominion over it. So Adam was in charge. God just can't come in and start doing what he wants to do without, without man's permission. Now that's, that's kind of rustles some feathers with some people, but that's that's the truth. That, listen, how, that's why Jesus came into this earth. He came into the earth as a man. Why? Because he had to be connected to the earth, didn't he? He came into the earth so that he could have, he came, he was God, and I'm not taking that away from him. He, he is God, he was God, but he came into the earth. He called himself the son of man. He came into the earth as a man, operating as a man, full of the Holy Spirit, to give us an example and also to have the proper authority in the earth. Okay? And how did, the, how did Jesus operate? He said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. And so what happened? The, the father would say something and Jesus would do it. And Jesus would say, for example, hey, get up, take up your mat and walk. And what happened when he said that word, the Holy Spirit now could have authority to go and do what he does. So see, there's this whole, there's this whole thing. So your prayer of faith is really allowing the Holy Spirit to come and do something. Holy Spirit, I invite you right now, come and, come and work in this situation. You know? So you're, that's, a, that's a prayer of faith. It's given, it's given action to something. Are you with me this morning? Um, he says this about the prayer of faith. I'm, I'm, I want to... I know it's more of a teaching this morning, but I want us to get a hold of it because I feel like, again, this is, the, this is for a lot of us, a missing, a missing link for, for the, the chain of, 
of events in our lives. God wants to use your confession and your prayer of faith to bring things to to pass in your life, whether it's dreams, whether it's visions, whether it's things he's spoken to you, whether it's the promises of God. He wants to use that, and he's waiting on your word to allow him to move in your life. But he says this, he says um, in verse, the end of verse 16, the urgent request of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I've, I've preached about this before. And what, these, what this word is, let me explain this because I feel like in, in the King James, I don't think we have that up there. In the King James, it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Right, did I say that right? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I don't feel like for me that ever really said anything. I didn't really understand that, right? So the, the, the actual word, if you look up effectual, it means, it means animated, okay? And so I think that maybe the people that translated this didn't have a good grasp on it, so they'd use the word animated, the effectual fervent prayer. And, and sometimes when my, I'm in a store, I don't like taking my kids into the store. You know why? Because they start asking for stuff, and I don't want them to have it. And you know what happens when I'm like, no, you can't have that? They get animated. You know, that, that doesn't help them any. It might help them with a, you know... Um, other, other areas, and it doesn't help them to get what they're asking for. God doesn't care how animated you get jumping up and down. This isn't about the, the, the way you pray being animated. This is about what the, what the word actually should have been translated, I believe, is, is active or action, an action-oriented prayer, but it's a little wordy. It's a little hard to explain, but it's a prayer that gives God action. So in other words, it's not just saying, oh, Lord, um, you know, sister so-and-so is really sick. Oh, Lord, she's really sick today. Amen. No, that's, there's no action, right? So the, the action is, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we release the healing virtue to flow through her body. We thank you. You've already paid for it. And it's already done. We thank you for it. Be healed in the name of Jesus. That's, that's an action. Now there's an action for the Holy Spirit to go and start doing something. Are you with me? Okay, so it's not about your animation when you pray, but it's about the prayer of faith gives action to your prayer. It gives the Holy Spirit something to do in your life or in someone else's life. Um, sometimes we pray. Sometimes we pray, and we pray a prayer of faith, and then we, we say, hmm, I wonder if that worked. Okay, I'll give you an example because I was thinking about that guy that was up on the screen. You saw, I don't know if you caught it, but there was a, that really big guy came up on stage. He was bigger than Zacchaeus, a lot bigger. And he, was, he, he scared me when he, when he came up on the stage because I was over here and I turned around, he's right there and I, I got a little scared. I didn't know what was going on. And I, I, he said, he, walked, he had walked up with a cane and he was, walking, he was walking like this. I saw him coming to the church that morning. He was walking like this. I mean, you could see the pain in his face. And um, he said, I've been using this cane. I've had pain in my back for how, how many years was it? Something like nine, I can't see very good. Eight years, it was a lot. Seven years, some, she's holding up numbers and I can't tell. Um, a lot of years, eight, eight years, something like that. He had had pain in his back for, that, for a long, long time. And he said, he said, I've been to the doctors. It's kind of like that woman with the issue of blood. He said, just, just getting worse and worse. He said, they gave me medicine that was enough to tranquilize a horse that doesn't touch the pain. It's just horrible, constant, all the time. And so I said, well, let's, we're going to pray. And we prayed for the man. We, we prayed in faith. Some of the students came around him, and we prayed the prayer of faith. And I said, now bend, bend over, because we believe God's touched you. And he bent over, and I said, now stand up. And he didn't stand up. And, it, and in my head, I wanted to say, I wonder, did that work? Did, I've, now I've done it. Now I've hurt the guy. You know, these, these thoughts are going through my head. I didn't say them, thank God, but they're going through my head. Did that work? And after a couple minutes, he stood up because he, he was just enjoying, I guess, that sensation. He's, uh, he stood up. He said, I haven't had, been able to bend over in however many years that, that's been. And he, he tossed his cane. He was like so happy. It wasn't one of these things where they're trying, people, you think, are they trying to make me feel better and say they were healed and they weren't really healed? He was healed. I mean, he was like dancing off the stage. He was dancing around at the end of worship and he's hugging everybody, just crying. God touched that man. But if I had said, 
I guess that didn't work. What did I just do? I just negated my prayer of faith. How do you know, listen, how do you know when you pray that something worked or not? Well, we like to see something in, the, in, the, in front of our eyes. Well, that'd be nice. But we don't always see it, but it doesn't mean it didn't work. You know, I was, I was thinking about this. Our, our friend Joel Hitchcock said one time he was, I think, in Africa and was praying for someone to be healed. They had brought this person in a wheelbarrow because they couldn't afford a wheelchair. Imagine that. And they brought him in a wheelbarrow, and he prayed for the man, and he said, in the name of Jesus, get up. And he stood him up, and the guy just kind of flopped to the ground, did it like three or four times. And a lot of us would be like, well, sorry, that didn't work, brother. Well, God bless you, you know. But he, he said, I believe God's healing you. I believe God's touching you. And I believe you're going to start to see manifestation um, and get better every, every single day. You're going to get better and better and better. And they took him home. The, the man believed it. A lot of us would have wavered in our faith. Went home and, oh, I guess it didn't, I guess God doesn't want me healed. I guess God doesn't want to do that. But they took him home and Joel called the pastor in the area, I think a month or two later and to, to follow up. And the man said, you won't believe it. That man went home that night and in the morning he could wiggle his toes a little bit. And a couple days later, he could move his legs just a little bit. And a couple days later, he was able to stand up with some help. And maybe a week later, he was able to take some small steps. And now he's walking all over the village telling everybody how good God is. See, listen, just because you pray, you don't see it right that instant does not mean something didn't happen. You pray, you speak it in faith, and you believe it. Don't waver in your, in your don't waver in what you, what you pray for. In John chapter 16, go there real quick. John 16, and look at what Jesus says in verse 23, and he kind of says this over and over in this passage here. He says, in that day, you're not going to ask me for anything. I assure you, anything you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. What does he say there? Anything. You say anything. You ask the Father, what's he going to do it? He's going he's to give it to you. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will what? Receive. Ask, and you'll receive. In James, it says, you have not because you ask not. Ask, and you'll receive, so that your joy may be what? He wants your joy full. He wants your joy complete. That word means crammed in, stuffed in, where you can't fit any more in there. That's how God wants you full of joy. Ask and you'll receive. But sometimes we don't ask because we don't believe God wants to do it. But listen, the moment you pray the prayer of faith, that thing leaves your lips and it goes into the throne room. Now God's, God's doing something with what you pray. The Holy Spirit is going into action. So you're releasing your prayer of faith for God to do something, amen? Yeah. He says this too, he says in James, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I think this is, another, this is another issue for a lot of people. They don't recognize that they are righteous. Listen, you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, haven't you? It doesn't mean you always do things righteous and that doesn't give you an excuse to behave immorally. When you, when you mess up, confess your sin repent and move on, but you're still righteous because it's not because of what you've done, it's because of what he's done for you. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You were made that. It says Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. He took on sin for us so that we could take on his righteousness. So if you recognize you're righteous, now your prayers, you can pray something with boldness because the word of God says to boldly approach the throne of grace, but a lot of people don't come boldly before the throne because they, they still see themselves as a sinner. They see themselves unworthy, but you can boldly come before God. So the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man does something. It does something. It doesn't say sometimes it does something. It doesn't say the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, maybe it will do something. It does something, and it's powerful and effective. It's not some weak little thing. You've got one of the most, one of the, the most powerful tools, the most powerful tool in the entire universe the Holy Spirit working through you, working in you, and he's waiting on your prayer of faith to move and do something in your life. Listen, you can change the course of nations with your prayers. 
I was going to bring in this story. Some of you know the story about General Patton, right? When he was, when he was, um, uh, was it the Battle of the Bulge? Rick would know when he had to, he had to pray that prayer. They had, they had some terrible weather for, for days and days, weeks and weeks, and they weren't able to get their air support in, and it looked like they weren't going to get it. And so he went to the chaplain who was in charge of the, that particular unit, and he said, he said give me a prayer. I need a, I need a prayer for weather. And the guy, the guy said, well, okay, I'll find something. You give me some time, I'll find something. He found, he wrote out a prayer for weather. Lord, Lord you know, we pray for, for clear skies and all this so that we can, that we can um, you know, come against this evil and all this different stuff. And he, he prayed that prayer and God granted his request. It, he, there was a miracle that took place and those skies cleared up and they could get the air support in and they won the battle. But nothing happens unless you pray. God's waiting on your prayers to release your prayer of faith, to release the Holy Spirit to do his work in the earth. Amen? Okay. So look, at, look again. At, yeah, I'm trying to go quick because I know the worship team's coming up here. Um, James chapter 5. Might have to do part two. James chapter 5. Look at, look at what he says here in verse 17. He says, Elijah, now listen, this is, this is an Old Testament example of what a prayer of faith looks like. Elijah, Elijah's, he's the Old Testament example. Look at what he says about him. Elijah was a man. He was just like us, okay? He prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. Then he prayed again it would rain, and it did. Listen, your prayer is designed to shift things in the spirit. Your prayer, think about this for a minute. Your prayer can literally shift weather patterns. Ooh, come on. Your prayer, when you pray in faith, now some people say, well, I I don't know about that. Then you can't pray a prayer of faith because you can't say, I don't know if this will, that's the Hail Mary prayer. We don't pray Hail Mary prayers in this church. We pray prayers of faith. So your prayer can literally, it can shift things in the spirit that affects the natural world. You can shift weather patterns. You can shift uh, the, the political climates. You can shift things physically and spiritually, all this stuff. And this is what it says about Elijah. He prayed it wouldn't rain. I want you to go to that story real quick. It's in 1 Kings chapter 18. First Kings 18. And this is the second part of the story when he prays it will rain. And this is really interesting to me because here's what he says. And, and if you guys want to play some organ music, you can do that if I get a little excited or just play. It's fine, too. Um, but he says, after a long time, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. Go present yourself to Ahab. Look at what the Lord says. I'm going to send rain on the surface of the land. So Elijah went and presented himself to Ahab. What was the word of the Lord? Rain, right? You guys still awake? The Lord said rain, okay? I want you to see what Elijah does. So he has this, he has this showdown with the prophets of Baal. He comes against their prophets and they, you know, you know that story. And he says down in verse 41, he, he speaks the word to Ahab, get up eat and drink for there's the sound of a rainstorm. It wasn't a natural sound. He could hear something, but it wasn't with his physical ears. He was hearing something in the spirit. The Lord said rain. He could even hear the rain coming in the spirit. I won't get into all this, but he says this, verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the summit of Mount Carmel. What's he doing up at the summit of Mount Carmel? The Lord spoke a word, it's going to rain. So Elijah did his part. He spoke the word to the king, that's his confession. Done, right? Most of us, if, we, if we're thinking we got some faith, instead of going up to the top of Mount Carmel, we would have gone home to get our umbrella, right? That sounds like faith. My sister sent me a note, Rachel sent me a note the other day, something about, a group of kids had gathered to pray for rain, but only one of them brought their umbrella. And, and they said, well, that kid's got some faith. That sounds like faith to me, but that's not what Elijah does. 
He spoke it. He confessed it. He even, he even confessed, I can hear it coming in the spirit. But then he goes up on top of the mountain. What does he do on top of the mountain? It says he gets down on the ground. He put his face between his knees. He starts praying. And I can tell you, Elijah was not praying a Hail Mary prayer. Elijah was praying a prayer of faith. Now listen, this is, our, this is our example of what a prayer of faith looks like, okay? So hang with me for a second. Elijah's praying this prayer. He'd already heard the word of God. You know what? A lot of us would have stopped right there. The Lord says, hey, I've taken care of this. Hey, I've provided for you. Hey, I've given you healing. And we would have, okay, thank you, Lord. It's done, it's done. But that wasn't enough. He had to confess it. Hey, the Lord says, it's, it's coming. The Lord says, the rain's coming. Okay, well, that's good. We could stop right there. No, Elijah doesn't stop there. Now he goes, he's got another responsibility. He's got something called the prayer of faith. And so he gets down on his knees and I know he's not begging God, Lord, please don't make me look like a fool. I said there was gonna be rain, give me some rain. He's not begging God, okay? He's praying a prayer of faith. He's not saying, Lord, if it's your will, would you please say, he knew the will of God. So what's he praying? I believe his prayers probably look something like this. It probably said, Lord, I thank you that you said you were sending rain. So Lord, I thank you right now. Manifest that rain in the name of Jesus. I can hear it in the spirit, Lord. Send that rain right now in the, in the natural as well. Something like that. And then he looks up, he tells his servant, go look. Because what does faith do? Faith, hey, let's go do something with this now. So the servant gets up and he goes to check. Comes back, nope, nothing. Let me pray again. He prays again. Remember, this is our example of what a prayer of faith looks like. Faith doesn't give up. Faith doesn't care what you can see in the natural. Faith goes after it and believes it anyway. So faith doesn't keep give up. He prays it again. Now go look. Nope. Now go look. Nope. Four, five, six, seven times he does this. This is our example of a prayer of faith. The prayer of faith doesn't give up. It keeps believing God in spite of what you can see. So finally the servant comes back. He says, he's probably a little embarrassed. He says, I see a, I see a cloud about this big. I know you're praying for the mother of all storms, Elijah. I see a cloud this big. And what does Elijah do? He doesn't get down and pray some more. Lord, send bigger clouds, bigger clouds. He says, no, that's it. God's done it. You know what? A lot of times we're missing what God is doing in our lives because we're looking for some ginormous thing when we're missing the small things. Don't reject the day of small beginnings. Don't miss when God's moving in your life because you're looking for some big thing when God's sending, he's, he's starting it. He's doing it. You've been praying for a dream. You've been praying for a vision that God put into your heart. Don't, don't miss the small thing. It might just seem like a small thing to you, but God's, God's moving in the small things sometimes. And he's bringing the bigger things if you'll be faithful with the small things. So the, so the rain's coming. He sees a cloud. I wonder, I've heard somebody say, I wonder if that cloud was there the whole time. But the man was too embarrassed to say it. Maybe it was there the first time Elijah prayed and he came back and no, I don't see anything because that was too small to worry about. Don't miss the small things. I'm gonna stop there. I got, I got more, I got pages. Stand up with me. I wanna, I wanna say this last thing back in James chapter five. Actually, can you put John 17, verse 20 up there for me? Let me say this. Jesus prayed a prayer. He prayed, when Jesus prayed, do you believe his prayer was a prayer of faith? He didn't pray, there was no doubt when Jesus prayed. He prayed believing God was gonna do something. And here's a prayer he prayed, and I love this because he didn't pray it just for those people that were standing right there with him, his disciples, but he says, I pray this not only for these, but for also for those who believe in me through their message. And he prayed, his prayer was, I pray they'd be one as he and the Father were one. Uh, but I love this because his prayer was not bound by time. His prayer, when he released that prayer, the Holy Spirit now had, some, had something to do and he's been doing that same thing that Jesus prayed for 2,000 years because his prayer gave the Holy Spirit something to begin to do. You gotta start praying some prayers that allow the Holy Spirit to do something in your life. 
You gotta, you gotta get a hold of a dream for God, from God and start praying that prayer of faith, believing that God, the Holy Spirit's gonna come and begin to do some, some things in your life and through you. You gotta start praying the prayer of faith. So I want you just to bow your heads right now. We didn't have a, a prayer time in the middle of service, but I want to ask you this morning, just with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, we're gonna, we're gonna pray a prayer of faith this morning. And if you need a miracle, if you need a touch from God, if you need something, there, there's nothing wrong with coming and saying, I want to pray a prayer of faith with somebody. We'll give you a chance to do that in a second. But right now, I want to ask you, maybe you're in this room this morning and you know your life is not right with Jesus Christ. You are the righteousness of God when you have received him into your life. You are right with God when you repent of your sins and say, Jesus, come into my life and make me a new person. You come into the kingdom of God when you're born again, but you must be born again. And this morning, if you're here and you've been hearing this message, and you say, I know my life's not right. And this morning, you want to make it right. I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. We're going to pray for you right where you're standing. Or if you're watching on video this morning, all you do, just, just pray this and say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for my sins and make me a new person. I give you my life today in the name of Jesus. Amen. For the rest of us this morning. I want to encourage you to get a hold of a dream from God. Get a hold of something in your heart. Let the Lord begin to speak to you about, about your future and the plans he has for you because I believe that he's got greater things in store for you in the future than anything you've seen in the past. Your best days are ahead, but he's, he's waiting on you to pray some prayers of faith. He's waiting on you to confess some things and to bring some things to pass in your life with what he's spoken to you. If you're here this morning and you want prayer for anything, whether it's for for dreams and visions, whether it's for God to move, to move in your life, to do a miracle in your life, for finances, whatever it might be, come on to the front in just a moment. We'll have the prayer team come up and pray for you because this is this is where the rubber meets the road here at church. As we can say, we can say you got a prayer of faith, pray a prayer of faith and pray one for another and all this, but you gotta, you gotta do something with it now because it's just like that soap. You gotta do something with it. So if you want prayer, come on down right now while we sing this song. I want you to just lift your hands with me this morning. Lord God, we thank you for what you've done for us. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, your love, your grace towards us. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit of God who's living and active inside of us, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you this morning for releasing dreams and visions, purposes and plans over each person's life, oh God. I thank you for speaking to them. Lord, for just giving them refreshing today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for encouraging them that as they pray, they can pray in faith, believing that God is going to do what he said he would do. Lord, I thank you for helping us all to pray and believe and confess that you are who you say you are, that you will do what you said you would do. We thank you for all of your promises that are yes and amen towards us who believe. In the name of Jesus, somebody say amen. Amen. God bless you this morning.